Welcome to Leading the Way, a ministry of Brooklyn Baptist Church in Chesney, South Carolina. Join us each week for practical preaching and foundational truth from God's Word. Here's the pastor of Brooklyn Baptist Church, Clay Collins. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. Our prayers at the song and sermon will be a help and encouragement to you as you listen. Today on the broadcast, we're going to start with a song by our church choir entitled, Bless the Lord. Then we're going to go right into the message, and this is part two of a series of messages we're featuring on the broadcast on being armed against adversity from Ephesians chapter 6 as we deal with the whole armor of God. And today we're going to feature having our loins girt about with truth. We're going to talk about having truth in our core. So get your Bibles open, Ephesians chapter 6, hear the song by the church choir, and then the word of God preached.
begin this morning looking at this passage on being armed against adversity. I want to say tonight, first of all, and I'll try to give you it quickly tonight. I realize what time it is. Number one, I want us to notice tonight our enemy. Anytime you're dealing with adversity, there is obviously then an enemy. Can I say tonight, we as the church have an enemy. Our enemy is clearly told to us in this passage. If you'll notice in verse 11, he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wild of the devil. He goes into verse 12 and tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In other words, this is a spiritual battle that we are in. Our enemy is a spiritual enemy, so to speak. There are many terms in the Word of God used for our enemy. Words such as the devil and Satan and Lucifer and we could go on. Uh, even the term God, little g God of this world. That Back in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, you'll find he's considered the prince of the power of the air. So I want to say this, if we are going to wage in this warfare and we're going to do what God has called us to do, we need to understand who our enemy is. It is the devil. It is Satan. It is not your brother and sister in Christ. It, it is not those that, uh, Lord, may just do things a little differently than we do. Uh, it's not the leaders of the local churches. It's not that one that's preaching strong and preaching against sin, but our enemy is Satan, the devil. In fact, the word devil used in verse number 11, the last word of verse 11, that word devil, he means, that word simply means slander. In other words, all the names, when you study the King James Bible, that is used to describe Jesus Christ, they're used for a reason because it describes the character of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, on the flip side of that, all the different names and titles that are given to our enemy, the devil, are used to describe who he is. The word devil means a slanderer. He is one that is always slandering man to God and God to man. He is the accuser of the brethren. The devil is exactly uh, what he is. He is a slanderer. That term Satan uh, means our adversary. He is against us. He is an adversary. That name Lucifer means a light bearer. He is portrayed as an angel of light. We could go on looking at the different names that is used to describe our enemy, which is the devil or Satan himself. But then I want to notice number two tonight, the energy. You say, preacher, what do you mean our energy? Well, he says here, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We need to understand tonight who our enemy is. But we also need to understand who supplies our energy source in order to be strong in the face of our adversary, which is the devil. We preach this morning about we need to be strong and we need to be standing. But who is it that gives us the power, is what I'm talking about, to be able to stand in an evil day against our adversary, the devil? It is none other than the Lord. Amen. He is our energy. He is our power. The Bible says in verse 10 be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might that word might means strength force or energy in other words our energy does not come from boasting about self our energy does not come in our church attendance our energy does not come in how many times we've been ducked in a baptismal pool our energy does not come in uh, applauding all the works 
that we do. But our energy rests in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that is why we encourage you Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, to get closer to the Lord. Because you're getting closer to the energy and the power source that is going to help you in this spiritual battle. I don't know about you, but I I need the power of God. I need the anointing of God. I need the relationship. I need the boldness. I need the backbone. I need all of those things. But hey, it's by getting close to the source of energy. And that is the Lord. We're not going to be able to stand long if we don't know Jesus Christ. We're not going to be able to stand long without the energy, without the stamina, without the strength and the courage and the help from God Almighty. He is our energy. We need to understand that God gives us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He is our energy source. Amen. The only way that these lights in here are burning tonight is because there is electricity. There is an energy source that is supplying this light that it can shine tonight. Even though it may be dark outside, there's light on the inside because there is an energy source. The only way in a dark and a lost world that we are going to be able to stand and be the light of the world is by having the energy source and that is Jesus Christ as what is strengthening us and giving us courage and boldness and help in the evil day we're talking about in this passage the power of his might we need the energy that only comes from God number three tonight being armed against adversity we need to understand tonight not only our enemy our energy but our equipment we need to understand the armor in other words that we can be armed against adversity You say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, when I look at the equipment in verse 14 and all the way down to verse 20, I find that this equipment not only protects us from the enemy, but it gives us a way to push the enemy back as well. In other words, you'll find, you're never going to find in this passage where it says you will defeat the enemy. It's not our job to defeat him. He has already, in fact, been defeated. He is a defeated foe. Our enemy has already been defeated. He was defeated at Calvary when Jesus Christ laid down his life, died for our sin. He cried out, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It doesn't say that we are to defeat him. And we have to be careful thinking that we can defeat him. No, Jesus is the one who has defeated him. It is our responsibility to stand against him. It is our responsibility uh, to stand and to stand on the word of God and and to be a, a voice and a testimony and a light when the devil attacks. Amen. Preacher, what he said, where these these this equipment is to protect us, but it's also to push the enemy away from us. You'll find in, in Matthew chapter 4 when Satan came and began to tempt the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody mentioned that around here recently, actually, uh, when we were talking about Matthew chapter uh, number 4. But when Satan came and began to tempt the Lord Jesus Christ, it was one temptation after the next. And Jesus kept saying, it is written. Jesus kept giving scripture, which we find in this passage is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But here's the thing. When you get to the end of that passage about the great temptation in the wilderness, it says that the devil leaveth him for a season. What I'm saying is you're never going to get to a place that you've got enough armor 
You've got enough protection. You've got enough wisdom that the devil's never going to come back toward you. Oh, no. To the day that you depart this earth, the devil will be attacking. He will be trying his best to find a loophole and an area that he can attack you, your family, your church family, your children, the Bible, all these different fundamentals of the faith. The devil is going to keep trying to attack to the day we're out of here. It's not our job to do as David did to Goliath and chop his head off and be done. We can't do that, but we can stand against him. We can stand, amen. But I want to look tonight at this equipment. I want to look at the first one tonight, and I'm going to let you go. I'm going to look tonight at this equipment. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm talking about the pieces of the armor. If you and I are going to stand, we need to understand, first of all, who our enemy is. We need to understand, number two, where our energy comes from, where our strength comes from. That is from the Lord. We also need to understand our equipment. We need to understand the armor. If we're going to be armed against adversity, we must understand what our weapons of warfare are, what the equipment God has given to us is, and we need to use that. First thing tonight that he tells us is where to stand in verse number 14. He said, stand therefore. Here we are. We are to stand, but then he's going to tell us how we're to stand. First of all, we're to stand having your loins Gird about with truth. It's not coincidental that the first, first now, piece of equipment that we must get right is the truth. Preacher, what he said, notice this, your loins girt about with truth. I begin to study this and I begin to try to understand. And what he's portraying here is armor that would go on a normal soldier of that time. What first piece of or instrument or equipment that they're given here is that the loins being girded about with truth. The loin area, and of course, many people may vary on where that differentiates, but it's somewhere from about right here on the body, around the belly button area, or maybe a tad a bit above, all the way down to about the knees is the area that it's referring to as the loins here. That's what it's referring to. What he's saying is your core of who you are needs to be girt or compassed about with truth. I want you to get that. Say, preacher, what do you say? In the first part of this verse here, in the first part of verse 14, he deals with our core. In the latter half of verse 14, he said, have on the breastplate of righteousness. That deals with our chest. Now, you got to understand something. Preacher, what are you saying about the core? Well, we could sit here tonight and talk a lot about the core, but the core... It's the core of the church. Let's think about it that way. What's the core of the church? It's you sitting here tonight. It's the backbone. It's those that, uh, the inward people, the people that are always going to be there. What is the core of your body? It is those muscles that maybe everybody can't see, but you've got to build those muscles, and you've got to have those where they need to be if you're going to be strong. We talked this morning about wrestling. Talk about a lot of sports, but I want to say this. You're not going to be good at sports, and you're not going to be good at weightlifting. You're not going to be good at wrestling unless you build up your core. Here's the problem. We've got to the place, as long as all this looks good, we're doing pretty good. All we're focused on is the outward things, not the inner loins. 
You understand what I'm saying tonight? What I'm saying is the problem with many when it comes to the things of God is we've got the idea that as long as the outward looks good or as long as I have a skirt that comes below my knees, as long as my blouse reaches up to my neck and there's there's nothing being shown and I, I look modest, I'll be fine against the devil. Well, that's good. We need to be modest. We need to dress right. I'm all for dressing right to create an environment that does not produce immorality. I'm all for it. Here's the thing. Having all the outward right, not having the inner loins girt about with truth, will never stand up when the devil comes by your way. Preach a why in the world does so and so. It seems they look the part. It seems they're doing everything right. It seems that, uh, you know, they look good. They look like a Christian. They've got the right haircut. They've got the right hairstyle. They wear their tie just right. Their shoes are shine. Their dress meets the floor. All of this is right, but something in the core is not right. The first piece of equipment you've got to get right is you've got to start on the inside. Here's the problem. If we're not careful, we get that cart before the horse. We start trying to make people look like Christians before they ever become Christian on the inside. I'm all for convictions. I'm all for standards. I'm all for having things and having a drawing a line and saying, hey, this doesn't look like God. We don't need it. I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is the first piece of equipment is having those loins go about the truth. That deals with our core. That deals with what is the core of the body. The first step is having that core be what it needs to be. And so we must build those. We must understand that our core must be what it needs to be. In other words, if we're going to be what we need to be against the devil. We've got to deal with those core muscles. We've got to deal with the core members of our body. You say, preacher, what are you getting at? But here's the thing. He said having those loins girt about with truth. Not only do we see that this deals with the core, but number two, notice the covering. He said those loins are to be girt about. What that means is fully, fully wrapped around. Now, I don't know about you, but a belt does no good if it doesn't wrap all the way around you and come back and buckle. I mean, if you gave me a piece of belt this big, it wouldn't do my pants any good because it wouldn't wrap around me. You ever try to make a belt fit that didn't fit? I mean, you, you know, you squeeze in, you put, but it just won't do the job. I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. Anyway, what I'm saying is, something. listen, it's fully compassed around. Having your loins go about with truth, it fully, just as this jacket fully comes around me and covers every area of my abdomen area right now. That is the way he is saying you must do. Here's the problem. Many of us, we've got certain areas covered, but there's other areas that are left open. Think about it now. Preacher, what are you saying? You've got to cover all areas with the truth. Here's a problem. You get to talk about some subjects. I know exactly what you're talking about, preacher. You get to talk about other subjects, and some people have no idea what you're talking about. Some of the fundamentals of our faith, some people say, preacher, I have no idea what you're talking about. Tithing, missions, modesty. Preacher, reading our Bibles, having a prayer life. You would be amazed how many people sitting on church pews have no clue when it comes to basic fundamentals of the Word of God. You know where the devil's going to attack? 
not in that strong area. He's going to find that weak area you don't have covered that you don't understand. He's going to send some Jezebel or Judas by to question you on that. And you're going to begin to think, man, I, I don't know. You're going to begin to let the devil begin to get an inch in your life. And as the statement goes, the next thing you know, he's going to become your ruler. Here's the thing, our core, who we really are is what I'm talking about. The core is where the main strength of the body comes from. Our core and the core of our Christian wall must be girded about and compassed about and wrapped around with the truth, amen. That leads me to my third thought for talking about truth. What is that truth? It's the content. We see the core, that is the loins. I see the, the middle section of your body. It must be covered. I thought about this in Psalm 51, 6. Listen to me now. David was praying about the great sin with Bathsheba. That great psalm of repentance in Psalm 51. And here's what David prayed in Psalm 51, verse 6. He said, Behold thou, to my God, desirest truth in the inward parts. You know what he's saying? God wants my core to be compassed with truth. Here's the problem. David you know it. David committed the great sin of Bathsheba, tried to act like nothing was wrong. You know what David was doing? He was putting everything right on the outside, but inside his core was not truthful. Inside there was sin. Inside there was wickedness. Inside there were issues that he hadn't dealt with. There was sin that was unconfessed. Here was what was wrong. There wasn't truth in his inward parts. There was sin in his inward parts. That word truth means more. Listen to me now. That word truth means more than just saying truth. It's a matter of what the truth does to us. Here is the truth. Here's the truth. But here's the thing. Saying there's the truth is not going to do me any good. But the Bible said I will hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against God. That's doing something with the truth. Here's the problem. Hey, it's good to carry a King James Bible, but how about we get to let the King James Bible carry us? How about we let the, the, the Word of God get on the inside in the core of who we are and mold and make us and our loins skirt about with truth. Having truth, God desires truth in the inward part of us. But that word truth means more than just facts. It means more than just the fact that the Bible is always true. It emphasizes integrity, being real, being truthful with ourselves. And what you see is what you get. We don't see much of that anymore. Preacher, what are you saying? It, it's rare now that you see someone that you could see on Saturday the same way that they are Sunday. It's rare that when you see them at church on Sunday and you see them at Walmart on Tuesday, they jump the next aisle because they're scared they're going to put on a face or a facade because they saw you. And what they put on on Sunday is not real. I'm being honest. That's not truth in the inward parts. That's putting on a facade, putting on a covering, and yet there's nothing in the core. I'm being honest about this. That word truth emphasizes more than just saying, here's the Word of God. But it means letting the Word of God infiltrate your core and make the, what God wants you to be in your life. Preacher, what are you saying? The truth has a way of doing something to us. 
Here's the thing. If we gird about our loins with truth and we can pass and cover ourselves with the truth and the truth is affecting our core, it will do something to us. Hallelujah. Preacher, what will it do to us? We know Jesus is the truth. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. To say my loins are girded about with truth is to say I've been born again. I know Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. John 8, 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Preacher, what are you saying? When you know the truth, the truth can set you free. It can birth you in the family of God. It can change your life. It can change your core. It can make you a new creature in Christ. The Bible said in James 1.18 Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. We were born again not of corruptible things such as silver and gold but the word of truth penetrated our hearts convicted us revealed to us the fact we was a sinner and it was the word of God that changed and dealt with us and we got born again. Preacher, what are you saying? The truth is what saved and birthed you into Christ and made you a new creature. The truth brings about a difference in people's lives. Preacher, I know the truth. Apparently you don't. It's not doing anything in your life. Preacher, I know the truth. Do you really? Because here's the problem. Just saying I know the truth is not going to make a difference against the devil. But it's knowing more than just a head knowledge but a heart knowledge. More than just a head knowledge, but a chest and a core knowledge. Affecting every ounce and every fiber of who you are. That is what we're talking about. The truth not only births you, but the truth tells us what we believe. Amen. It helps us to know what we believe. I, I've been dealing with a few weeks. I'm not going to get personal because I, I can't discuss a whole lot of it. But I've been dealing with a few weeks from a situation of someone who is messed up doctrinally. And here's the problem. You know why they're messed up? It's because the truth wasn't what it needed to be in their life, and the devil found a way in. The devil is putting, the devil is putting Calvinism in. The devil is putting all these different ideas and trying to get them to think that everything they've been taught all these years of their life is not truthful. They've not been taught the right thing. They've been hurt. They need to recover from something. I don't need to recover from anything. I'm doing just fine exactly where I'm at. I don't need to recover up from being right with God. I'm doing wonderful like I am. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm, I'm tired of the new age agenda trying to say we've done it wrong all these years, trying to tell us we need to get rid of our Bible and we're antiquated and, and, and this kind of environment here with the Spirit moving. Oh, that's not of God. I don't care how intellectual you get. I don't care how many Calvinists you read behind. I don't care how many commentaries you read behind. What is going to help you is getting in the Word of God and letting the Word of God get into your life. If you don't know the truth, that listen, you will be fooled when the devil comes by and does his best to deceive you. The wiles of the devil is the cunning, crafty, deceitful methods that Satan uses. To get a hold of you. We must know the truth. Preacher, why is there cults up and down the road? Because people didn't know the truth. And, some, and some, the devil used a tool to get to, their, to them and to pull them into these cults and false religions. Why are preachers that used to stand behind a pulpit and preach the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ have swayed away and turned and made themselves a shipwreck because the devil found an area they didn't know the truth? And he began to get in their mind and tell them, you're not preaching it right. 
You're not standing for what is right. What I'm saying is if there is ever a day we need to know the truth, it is today. Thank you for listening to Leading the Way. We would like to invite you to our services at Brooklyn Baptist Church. Our Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 10.45 a.m., and our evening worship is at 6 p.m. Wednesday night worship is at 7 p.m. The church is located at 8449 Harris Bridge Road in Chesney, South Carolina. If you would like to correspond with us, please do so by writing to this address. If you would like more information about our church or to watch one of our services live, please visit our Facebook page, Brooklyn Baptist of Chesney, or our website, brooklynbaptistchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.